Welcome and thank you for joining us. Here at Calvary Chapel Eldoret, we believe in impacting and changing people's lives through the Bible, which is the only inspired and infallible Word of God. For more information, be sure to check out our website at ccelderet.org. That is ccelderet.org. And here is today's word. Good evening. Good to see you today. As we kind of go through a few things that uh, would be important for us in regards to the book of uh, Ruth that we just concluded last week. A few important things that um, I would want us to be reminded about. Um, And the reason why I kind of wanted to mention them later is because, you know, I, I want us to remember these facts. Sometimes we do this at the beginning of the book to give an overview and really what the book is all about, but we have gone through a few things. And as we read from the book of Ruth, Today we just do an overview of the book of Ruth. Um, We know, as we read a few weeks, two weeks, that it was written in the times of judges. And this time there was a great apostasy. There was lawlessness because people did whatever was fit in their own eyes. And also, as we read in this book, there was famine that made this family to be driven away in in search of pasture. They wanted food. And um, at a time, it seems to be a good thing that, you know, I'm... I'm coming out of this place to go to this other place to look for a better future. Or, you know, I'm looking for greener pastures. That is why many people will look for, uh, you know, green card. Green card. You know, why? Because I'm looking for a greener pasture. Everyone. We're not exempted from these parables that uh, we read these stories from this great book of Ruth. We know many people love this book because it's so intimate, especially a lot of ladies, because of the, uh, the ending. They lived happily ever after. Wow. It's amazing, right? Everyone is looking for that. But people don't know what happens in, in the middle of all these things. Because there will be a happily ever after for every believer who is a follower of Jesus Christ. 
but not now. <laughs> we go through a lot of things. We go through heartaches. We sin a lot. We do many things. And we need the grace of God to, to help us. And so we, we see God's concern about all the people regardless of race, nationality, or status as we went through the book. Regardless of where people came from, God is still, you know, mindful. He's still mindful about his people. He created everyone. He knows our whereabouts, our going in and our coming out and all these things. He's well aware. And this picture paints it perfectly that we have three people who represent really uh, the Gentiles, the Jewish people, and the church. Those are, you know, Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz. Ruth represents the Gentiles. That is who we are. Naomi represents the Jewish people. And uh, Boaz represents the church. We know the, uh, the animosity that was there between the, the children of uh, where, where Ruth came from, the Moabites. They have fought with the children of Israel, you know, way many times. Many times. They wanted to conquer, but because the hand of God most of the time it's not because the children of Israel were stronger. Most of the time it's because the hand of God was upon them. God gave them victory because his hand of protection, you know, he swore that he will not leave, you know, Israel. And he's been there. Whether they, they've run away and his heart for the, for, for the children of Israel has always been there. They run away, they come back, and we, we see all this picture. We saw that in the book of Judges. And we see also that God is not a respecter of persons. He will use a man, he will use a woman. So long as they are ready to receive from him. So long as they're ready to hear what God says and do it so long as they'll be obedient regardless of where they came from. You remember when we read this story of Ruth, when she was shown kindness with the Boaz? This was an amazing act. Like, do, do you know who I am? Do you know where I come from that you'd show this kindness to me? I mean, what, what kind of a person are you? I've never met a man like you. You know, I've never met, I've never seen. You're so kind, you're so caring. Men and women equal before God. We have different roles, different responsibilities, but in terms of our salvation, we are same before God. He will save that heathen who will come before God wholeheartedly and leave those who think they are of God and they're very prideful. 
They think they know it all. They think they have earned their way into the kingdom of God. That will not happen. And also, we see that God's will, God will accomplish his will or his plans with the one who is available to be used of him. Whether it's Boaz, whether it's Ruth. Ruth never knew that this would go down the history today. That she bears the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ. She never knew about that. And I don't know if she knows it. <laughs> Probably she's been told somehow. But this did not dawn to her that at one point she'd be the one, you know, in the lineage. The people who were rejected, like Rahab in the Bible, we know their stories. What, what would come out of, out of this harlot? What would come out out of where I came from? What would come out of Langas, you know, where some of us were born? <laughs> Pretty rough place. But then... Are we willing, when we hear the call, are we willing to make a turnaround and say, hey, I know I've been in bad shape. I know where I come from. I know I do not belong here. But is there mercy for people like us? Is there grace for people like us? This is an action-packed book that, as we saw, it's this event after this after this, and it's done. It's life-changing encounter with a man of great kindness and generosity. It's a passionate love story, and we love it. But it's also about enduring friendship between the historical enemies exceptional faith, and the Lord's power to restore and to heal the brokenhearted. Naomi thought that all was gone. She thought, you know, as she said, I went when I was full, I came back empty-handed. But she didn't know the will of God. She didn't know what God had in store. Now, this relationship of uh, Ruth and Boaz, Ruth is the central figure, first of all, of this story, which prompts the question of her relationship with Boaz. And if we know, you know, who Boaz is and what Ruth was and is, then it kind of helps us to know why we talk about a redeemer. A redeemer. Ruth was a Gentile woman who came to faith in the God of Israel and was drawn by God to Boaz. She did not draw herself. 
It was God's plan for her to be drawn to Boaz. The man who took her under his protection and married her. Therefore, if Boaz represents the church in Christ, who does the New Testament say is his bride? Whose bride are you? Or are you a bride at all? <laughs> are you a bride at all? Or you're those people who are, you know, we're excited about weddings. We just want to attend weddings and we don't have parts in these weddings. It's amazing. It amazes me every time. Whether people know the person who is getting married, those people, or they don't. As long as it's a wedding, people want to come in. We just saw this last week or whatever. <laughs> people just come in like, I don't think this person knows Collins. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think they, they're friends. I don't think they were invited. But because they've seen flowers at the door, they've seen vehicles, they've seen a few people dressed up for the day, they're like, man, this is a wedding. And if it's a wedding, I'd rather spend hours sitting there waiting for what? <laughs> food. I mean, food. The economy is really bad. <laughs> the economy is really bad. People will, any opportunity that people will find. It's a wedding, it's a funeral, it's a party, whatever it is, people will just walk in. Are you a bride? Whose bride are you? <laughs> Whose? Whose bride are you? The answer that we get from the New Testament is this word, ecclesia, translated the church, the called ones. Who are the called ones? And where were we called from? Is it from the land of Moab? Where were we called from? We know where we were called from. Place of sin. A place of destruction. A place without God. We were called into his marvelous light to be the bride of God, the bride of Christ. And then we see this amazing picture of redemption. Redemption plans. They are available for everyone to rescue us from our sins. When the law was given, that mountain, what happened was amazing, that God is giving a law to govern his people, 
At the same time, we had a group of people who were running around a calf washing a graven image. Do you know what happened that very day? That 3,000 of them died. 3,000. God is giving a law, and one of them said what? You shall not worship any other God apart from me. And we have a bunch of your buddies down there with a calf running around it, worshiping it. That led to the death of 3,000 people. And 2,000 years later, the same day, when the Holy Spirit was poured to the people who had the voice of God, Jesus told them, you go and wait. You will be empowered when the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. You will be my witnesses. And then when they were there waiting, the Holy Spirit was poured upon them heavily, and they began to speak the wonderful works of our God. And these Jewish people thought that these guys were drunk. And so they started mocking them. They didn't know what was up, what was happening. And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke vividly, presented Christ. And what happened? 3,000 people got born again. So when the law was given, there was disobedience and 3,000 people died. And then 2,000 years later, the same day, the birthday of when the law was given, there was another birthday that began. The, the church was birthed the very same day. And 3,000 people got born again. The law kills, but grace gives life. The law kills, but what? Grace gives life. We see also this having a play in this book of Ruth. That the Moabites, any stranger, was not allowed in the assembly of the believers. Also, until what? If they were to be brought into the assembly of the Israelites, they would wait until the 10th generation. That's a long time. In other words, even if they did repent, but they would not go into the assembly of God. Up to what? Ten generations. And when that was over, you know, they would 
be allowed into the assembly of God. Ruth represents the Gentiles. Naomi represents the Jewish people. But all together, they needed a savior. They needed a kinsman. They needed a redeemer. Whatever the law was not able to do, the grace of God did it for us. You remember the 10 guys? These 10 men were not able. They represented the law, but this guy was like, hey, the, the, the near kinsman, like, yeah, I can buy the land. I'm into, you know, investing in properties. I can buy land. But immediately Boaz said to him, hey, this is the deal. You buy that up, you also have to marry this woman. And he said, this, this will mess me up. This will mess me up. Whatever the law is not able to do, because it kills, the grace of God is able to do. What a good news from God's word. What a good news. She thought, Ruth, that her story was going to end. You know, I'm going to follow my, my mother-in-law anyways. I will die where she dies. But she did know the time of her redemption. She did know it. The law was given, 3,000 people died. The grace of God was poured, 3,000 lived. 3,000 men and women gave their life to Christ. What a wonderful story we see playing in the biblical stories. And we also saw that Ruth's first encounter with Boaz is during the barley harvest. And this was the season when Jesus also was raised from the dead. On the day of the first fruit and the beginning of the barley harvest, which was followed by the festival of Shavuot, that is the Passover, not the Passover, the Pentecost, celebrating the salt, the start of the, the wheat harvest, and giving of the law of Torah. And that is why many of these Jewish people had traveled from the different nation that was scattered to come again so that this will be read to them again. It was an important day for them. Then this very important day becomes an important day for us. That the church is born. The people are beginning to see the light. And these were Jewish people. On this day, the Holy Spirit was poured out because the Word of God and the Spirit 
are unshakable. Believers are born again when they receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was poured upon people and there was evidence. We began to see the fruit right immediately after the Spirit of God came upon them. Wonderful. Then this, the, the, the threshing floor, in the threshing floor, you know, And I was, when I was reading this in the wider perspective of, you know, if, if you're a farmer, those days they would understand the stories of, you know, farming and planting season and when they would thresh their um, uh, wheat or whatever it was, separating the chaff from the good. You, you, you think about that analogy via what is happening, that Ruth finds Boaz at the threshing floor, where a separation has to occur, where good and bad will be seen. The wind blows that represents the Holy Spirit and those who have heeded God's word are preserved. That is the wheat. And then the chaff is blown away. Though they were together. But a separation has to occur at some point. And then when this is happening, Ruth is at the feet of who? Of Boaz. Where will you be? Will you be the one who is being blown away like the chaff? Or will you be present at the feet of the kind master who is doing the separation? Boaz is actually the picture of Christ. He's very kind to someone who comes from a strange land. People who are estranged. People who are alienated. Where will you be? Where will you be found? Do you know the interesting thing that happens with this story of Ruth? That it is Boaz supported her before she did. Boaz did. Spotted her before she did. She was left to enjoy all the goodies. Say he told all these people, hey, make sure she'll gather enough. Be mindful of her. And you gentlemen, I don't want your hand on her. Instruction is given so that she'll be with the ladies. She's, she was spotted. 
But the other thing that happened, that the choice to make the first move was left for her. The choice for the first move was left for her. When we still lived in sin, the grace of God appeared even before you were born. <laughs> the grace of God appeared long before. The Bible says he first loved us. Before we did, he first loved us. John writes. But then, the first move has to be from us. He's, he knows where you come from. He knows your background. He knows your intentions. But are you drawn to make a move? Or you're going to hold on to your life, your past life. Like, hey, I love, I love my past. I love what I was doing. I love, you know, going to these places. You know, I, 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 I kind of feel, I kind of know that God is up to something in my life. But I'm waiting for him to speak. I'm waiting for the voice. This first move was left for her. But then she went back to her mother-in-law because she did not what to do. She was instructed to make the move. She was instructed to make the move. I don't know if you have been instructed to make a move towards the Redeemer. I know you have because you're born again, unless you're not. <laughs> Ruth is a Moabite, a race of people who were hostile to God, hostile to the Israelites, the people of God. They were barred from fellowship under the covenant terms of Torah. How could Boaz, a righteous man, Torah observant man, take such a woman to be a wife? We would ask those questions. And the true Jewish person would have a lot of trouble with this. You observe Torah. You follow it to the latter. How be it that you're getting involved? Not just getting involved on, from a distance. You're getting married to this woman. What a beautiful picture that the writer paints for us, for us who were alienated. But we have one righteous man 
the man Jesus Christ. We didn't deserve it. We were not able to do anything that would earn us salvation, and we are not able to. But then we have Christ who gave himself for us to be restored regardless of where we came from, regardless of where we did, what we did, rather. Boaz, he foreshadows the Messiah who loved us while we were still God's enemy and brought us near through his covenant of grace. There is no greater love than laying down your life for your friends, except for the sacrificing of oneself for the enemies. I mean, even for your friends, you'd scarcely find anyone who would protect them. But then, these are enemies. We were enemies of God. Yet, he laid down his life for us. He was without sin, yet took our sins upon his shoulder. Meaning that he was obedient to the law of God. All of us were not able, but only Christ was obedient. Boaz, you remember when he came to the servants who were working? Because we see God, you know, we, we wouldn't miss the working of God here. We see the work of Christ being portrayed here as wooing his bride. But you know, the other question would ask, where is the Holy Spirit in the play? As we go through the scriptures, we read, and the Bible said that the Holy Spirit does not speak of himself. The Holy Spirit does not speak of himself. And this is one statement that I liked. That when there's a true move of the Holy Spirit, people will be talking about Jesus. When there's a true move of the Holy Spirit, people will be talking about Jesus. People will be talking about how their lives have been changed by Jesus Christ. Why? Because he does not do things for himself. And we see a representation even in this message That is the unnamed servant. A representation of the Holy Spirit, for he speaks not for himself. There is an unnamed servant in the book of Genesis. When Abraham was told by God to go and offer his only begotten son as a sacrifice. Genesis 22. He 
obeyed God, and he went to the mountains. The very same mountains where the Son of God was offered as a sacrifice. The reason why Isaac was not killed is because he was a foreshadow of Christ. He was a foreshadow of what was to come. His blood was not able to save us, but he represented the blood that would be shed later in the same mountain. And when the, 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 the young man, the teenager, was asking, hey, we, we have the woods, you know, we, we have the fire ready, we have everything in place. Where's the animal? Where's the land? And other translation says, you know, that God will provide for himself. The correct translation says, and God will provide himself as a sacrifice. Genesis 22. God will provide himself. And he actually did. In the same mountain, he provided himself. Not for himself, he provided himself as a sacrifice. And then, if you read it, the Bible said, and Abraham went down to meet his servants, and they went away. And Isaac was not mentioned. In chapter 23 of Genesis, he's not mentioned again. In chapter 24, you go there, now there is a named servant who is sent to do what? To go find a bride. For who? For Isaac. A named servant. There was no name. He was sent to go bring a bride. And the next time, you hear the name of Isaac after this incident is when the bride was brought to him and they're in the tent with his bride. We see this picture play even in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. He died and then the unnamed servant now appears because Jesus said that when I'm still here in the flesh, you won't see him. You won't know him. But when I'm taken out, he will come because I will not leave you as often. He will empower you. And then when they are empowered, guess what happens? When there's a move of the Holy Spirit, people will speak about what Jesus has done for them. The apostles spoke greatly about Jesus after they were filled with this servant who is not speaking of himself. He's bearing witness of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
their named servant, was sent to bring Isaac a bride. The unnamed servant identified Ruth to who? To Boaz. He came and asked, hey, who is that young woman? And this unnamed servant said, this is Ruth who came down from the land of Moabite with Naomi. She was identified with this unnamed servant. And do you know what the unnamed servant does for us? The unnamed servant points the rest of the world to Jesus. No one of us, none of us, would have accepted Jesus without the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Because in us dwells no righteous act, no righteousness within us. The Holy Spirit is at work within us today. If you are redeemed, then you know for sure that there is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. There's a lot that we can draw from this book. But I'll pray that the unnamed servant will be at work in you and help you to really see as God does. To really be drawn to Christ. To really see the things that we are blinded, the things that the world, you know, are running away from, the reality of Scripture. The Holy Spirit is available for every one of us who are willing. The Bible says that his, you know, his eyes are to and fro in the earth, trying to find those whose heart are steadfast on him. We can be at the threshing floor, but are we the chaff that will be blown away? Or will we be the ones who will be at the feet of the master, wondering his kindness to us? And Alice, we have sinned against you. We have wronged you. We have done all these horrible things. How be it that you're so kind to us? Jesus is so kind to us, friends. He's so kind. If it were not of his kindness, we wouldn't be here. We can count how many times we have wronged him. Even this week. Even perhaps today, many times. But he's been so kind to us. This is a very awesome and wonderful picture of a redeemer, a kinsman who is mindful of us. He does not throw us away. He knows for a fact that the law is not able 
to save us. That is why he has provided himself for us. He's provided himself for us. That is the end of the book of Ruth. I pray that you'll read it again, read it again. And never say, you know, we have read, we have gone through this book, I don't need to do that. Trust me, go read it again today. You'll get a fresh um, speaking from God. He will reveal things to you that he hasn't revealed to me, that he hasn't revealed to the next person. So don't get tired. Read it and read it because there's a lot to be drawn from God's word. Amen? Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this awesome picture of a redeemer, wonderful savior, merciful savior, in that when we were still sinners, he died for our sins to purchase us. We were not able, and we are not able to buy our redemption. But the Lord Jesus Christ did it for us. And also we thank you for not leaving us as orphans, that you poured out your Holy Spirit to quicken us to know you, to quicken us to be obedient to your word and to be drawn to you. God, we ask tonight, as we go our various places, our various homes, that we'll be reminded of this great purchase. We all know where we came from. We know what, we, what kind of bondage we were taken from, what kind of wicked people we were, but we are bought. We were bought by the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, the kinsman redeemer. Lord, we thank you. We ask that we will not disregard your word when, we, when you speak to us. That where we are, regardless of the situations, we will not run away and go into the land of Moab only to come back sorrowful. But Lord, in your mercy, even for those of us who ran in there, you've been so merciful to us and you have purchased us. You have redeemed us. How we pray that those that are listening to us and have not been purchased, God, we ask that through your Holy Spirit, the unnamed servant, the Lord, you'll speak to them. I know the Holy Spirit is at the door of their heart knocking that those who will accept, would you buy them back? Would you restore them? Would you give them new life? We thank you for all these blessings that you have blessed us with. Even when uh, Boaz came to the reapers, and he said to them, the Lord be with you. 
We know that everyone who works in the vineyard of the Lord, there is a guarantee of God's blessing upon them. Lord, we thank you for these blessings that you have bestowed upon those who are serving you faithfully. As we disperse, we ask for your blessings. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you until we meet the next time. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. We hope that you've been inspired and blessed. For more teachings and other resources, visit our website at ccelderet.org or call us at 0718-012-496. That is 0718-012-496. See you next time.